see all of you out this morning and we're glad that you are with us. Wednesday I had the uh, opportunity to visit with the Blackman congregation and so I was over there preaching their summer series and Tim was telling me that uh, he and, and Kirk had a good conversation about me before I went over there and, and uh, one of the things that, that he said is that uh, Kirk told him how much I was improving over the time that, that I've been here. And so I hope I continue to improve. Um, I know that, that the way Tim said it, that it seemed like I was improving all through the lesson that I was giving. Of course, when you preach in a different pulpit, in a different place, it's a little hard to get started. Um, but once I get got into my lesson, I was fine. And, and uh, so he, he commented on that. But anyway, it is good to be back with you. And it is good to, to be here today. Kyle, I've got to throw in a little bit of a disclaimer there. It makes it sound almost like you weren't any good before, but you're getting better now. And that's not what I said. At all. I said that you, the more you preach, the better you get at it, and that you're getting better just by the week. And, and you really do. You've improved a lot. And I wanted to throw that in there because I kind of sound like that. Well, I appreciate it very much. We all still see you as a very young preacher. Absolutely. And uh, 35 is not so young anymore, is it? Doesn't seem like it. Yep. <laughs> and I just <laughs> But anyway, our lesson for this morning, we I've, I've come up with the series for us for this month, Overcoming Life's Challenges. And we, we looked a little bit at some different challenges in our One Word series a few weeks ago. And we're not going to go back and do those lessons again, but we're going to look at some some different ones. Now, I do have a couple that I have planned that I want us to do, but but I also want to leave it up open to you too, um, because you may have something that you're struggling with, something that you think would be a good lesson for all of us. And, and if you do have any suggestions for this series or anything else, uh, my box is over there. Drop a note in there, or you can hand it to me. Um, but uh, anything that you would want to suggest, I would invite you to to make those suggestions. But our lesson for this morning is overcoming our doubts and fears. We have many doubts and fears throughout life. And uh, I know we talked about some of our fears uh, a few weeks ago. And I think one of our Bible classes, we were talking about uh, some of the greatest fears. And Brother Kirk mentioned that the greatest fear in the world, people fear public speaking above anything else. Uh, you know, you would think it would be death or, or something of that nature. There are a lot of people that fear public speaking. And there are many other fears that we may have throughout life. Some, some that are based on experiences and, and things that, that we go through on a daily basis. But life is full of difficulties and challenges. And especially in regard to Christianity and one's faith. We see many things that, that we face. Things that... that we can overcome if we set our mind and heart on doing so. Satan uses these difficulties that we face. Uh, the inconveniences of life. He uses these to tempt us to stray from God. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to stray from God. But how do we use our faith to face the struggles of life while not allowing these same struggles to overcome us 
spiritually speaking? I think that's a, a good question for us to ask. You know, how can we use our faith to overcome our difficulties? You know, the difficulties that we face are numerous, are they not? And just looking at more of an, an overview of, of what we're talking about today, just difficulties in general, not just doubts and fears, but, but difficulties in general. Sometimes we face physical difficulties, physical limitations. Kurt mentioned, uh, I think last week, about some of the things that he had gone through. And he's been in a wheelchair. I remember whenever I was here, whenever... Uh, the big accident happened. I remember him being in a wheelchair for a little while and, and he had to use a stick and then he, he overcame all of that. He's a good example of overcoming physical limitations. And I always thought it was fun with the kids because even with that stick, he had a lot of fun with them because he, he'd throw it in front of them they'd chase after it and things like that. I always thought it was, it was funny to watch. But Some of, of our difficulties are not physical in nature. But maybe financial. Maybe we face some kind of financial difficulties. Some things are, are matters that pertain specifically to the heart and mind. Things that we keep inside. Things that, that, that maybe we're afraid to share with other people. Maybe sometimes we're afraid to share because we don't want people to think we're crazy. So there are many different difficulties that we can face and, and not even whenever I think of physical too. I don't even just think of, of with our body but, but even with you know, physically getting here or there or doing things like that. There are many, many difficulties that we may face. But today's lesson is on how to deal with our daily doubts and fears. What do we do with them? How do we overcome them? And our lesson objectives for this morning are to learn how Christians can overcome doubt and fear. And to learn how overcoming these doubts and fears brings glory and honor to Almighty God. Trusting in the Lord. One of the, the ways that we overcome our doubts and fears are, are, is simply by putting our faith and trust in God. And sometimes maybe that's easier said than done. But Peter offers the readers of his second letter grace and peace. But, but how are they to find it? How are we to find it even today? Simply put, they are, put, they are to put their faith and trust in God. 2 Peter chapter 1, let's begin reading at verse 2. 2 Peter 1, let's begin reading at verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, 
perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from old, his old sins. Verse 10, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now go back to the beginning for a moment and see what Peter says to begin this letter. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And we're going to come back to that word knowledge and see how that applies later in our lesson also. But as God is the creator of all things, He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. As long as we continue in the ways of God and His righteousness, it is promised that we will not stumble or fall. Yeah, you know, I, I wondered, and Kirk cleared this up for me in one of our Bible classes too. A lot of the things that are in my sermons come from Bible classes. Do you notice that? But uh, I, I remember that there's a, a verse of a song. Standing on the promises, I cannot fall. And just that, that word, it, it puzzled me. Because you know, sometimes we do stumble. But I remember the, the way that, that Kirk put it was that it, it's not that we will never stumble, but as long as we are following God's Word, we will not stumble and we will not fall. As long as we are doing what God wants us to do, then we cannot fall. It's when we start trusting in our own understanding, in our own knowledge, in, our, in ourselves, that's when we stumble and that's when we fall. But as long as we continue in the ways of God and in His righteousness, we will not stumble or fall. We will be granted entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. And we can trust that God will remain faithful to His promise. A promise that we will, will enter into eternity with Him. God will be faithful to that promise. And we can trust Him. We can trust Him. Trusting God is all about putting our faith <clears throat> excuse me, in Him. It's about putting our faith in Him. Turn with me for a moment to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. And in Hebrews chapter 11, we read this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And in verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Faith. Faith is the foundation upon which we build our spirituality. 
faith in God's promises. His promises of eternity. His promises to be with us as we go throughout our lives. God is going to be faithful to those promises. And faith is putting our trust in them. Faith is the the foundation of our hope in Christ. The substance of things hoped for. It is the foundation of all of our hopes that are found in Christ. It is the foundation upon which our lives are built. As faith is the, the foundation of our Christianity, we also learn that without it, it is impossible for us to please God. It's impossible for us to bring glory and honor to Him. And I think that's a a very fundamental concept because when we think of of those who do not put their faith in God, and maybe it's not even just not believing in God. I think I've usually looked at it from that standpoint. Maybe they believe in God, but maybe they refuse to follow Him. And so they're not putting... Their faith in in His promises. They're not putting their trust in Him. It's impossible to bring glory and honor to a God that we either don't believe in or that we refuse to serve. But if we do not put our faith in Him, we cannot bring glory and honor to Him. In, In coming to God, we must believe in His existence and the reward that is promised to us is faithful and own. We know that faith is the foundation upon which the church is built. In Matthew 16, verses 13 through 19, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. In verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The church was not to be founded on Peter, as we discussed in in our Wednesday night classes. It wasn't founded on Peter himself as the rock, the foundation. But it was Peter's faith. The faith that he expressed in, in believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, the same faith that we confess when we obey the gospel. That's what the church is founded upon. And it's very, very fitting that we make that confession before we are baptized because not only is it the foundation of the church, but it's the foundation of our spiritual existence as Christians. Faith is is fundamental to Christianity. 
It's the foundation upon which the church is built. And it is of great importance to us. And, and you know, God does not intend to, for us to retain an always troubled mind. You know, people that, that are always troubled. I know I do. I think we all do. But God does not intend for His people to be troubled. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 3. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and am persuaded is in you also, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Trust and confidence in God provides us with this peace of mind. And such peace of mind is only found in God and in serving Him. Now there are those in the world that seek for peace. They, they long, they desire to have that peace. But true peace is only found in trusting God. Trusting God. The importance of religion. The importance of religion. When we are of a worshipful mindset, prepared to serve God, I do think that, that whenever we worship, it's more than, than just sitting in the pew and participating whenever we sing and listening whenever we need to listen. It's more than that. Whenever we come together to worship, I, I think there is a preparation of mind and heart that God desires of us. We need to prepare ourselves for God's service. Make sure that, that what we're doing is in accordance with His will. But when we are of a worshipful mindset, prepared to serve God, it helps us dispel our doubts and fears. And even going beyond the, the worship setting, even going into life, we keep that same thought process, that same kind of mindset all throughout life, and it helps us to overcome our doubts and fears. Faith and practice. Faith and practice go hand in hand. They, they work together, and we need both in regard to to our Christianity in regard to our service to God. In James chapter 2 and verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works 
is dead also. In Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49, Luke 6, beginning with verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing... He who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. We are to put into action the religion of our God and His Son. And as we look at, at, again, faith and practice, faith requires practice. It requires doing something. It requires action. And so we need to put our faith into practice, but we need to make sure that we're practicing the religion of God, the things that we are taught in Scripture. not of the, the many religions of man that we're talking about. There are, are many different beliefs and many different teachings as to, to what God wants from His people. But that's not what we're talking about when we talk about religion. We're talking about the faith of the Bible. We're talking about the faith of God's Word and doing what God has authorized, what God has told us to do. God alone is worthy of our praise. 1 Timothy 6 and verses 13 through 16. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 13. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things. And before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing, which He will manifest in His own time. He who is blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, Dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. In Psalm 73, Asaph contrasts the way of the wicked. And almost concludes that their way is much better. Until he went to worship in the sanctuary. Turn with me to Psalm 73. Let's read it together. Psalm 73. Verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel. To such 
as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride serves as their necklace, violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore his people return here, and waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, How does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly, who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain, and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation. As in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors as a dream when one awakes. So Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and, and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom I have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your words. Do we ever feel the same way? Do we ever wonder about the ways of the wicked and why others prosper? Living so wickedly day, day after day, year after year. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? But Asaph learned to put his trust in God. Knowing that God would be with him. That he would guide him and he'll do the same for us. Those believing and practicing the religion of God have great reason for rejoicing. As others, we may, we may rejoice in salvation from sin, hope of eternity with God. 
In Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Doubt and fear. Distraction from our goal. Doubt and fear. Distraction from our goal. It is hard to focus on serving God when we are distracted by the cares of the world. You see, doubt and fear can hinder our growth as Christians and ultimately our salvation. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. Hosea 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of your God. I also will forget your children. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. In 2 Peter 3, verses 17 and 18. 2 Peter 3, and verse 17. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Remember how we began our lesson with the exhortation from Peter. Grace and peace and the knowledge of our God and Savior. When we get distracted, that's when we become destroyed. My people are destroyed for lack of of knowledge. Beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. Distraction. Distraction from our goal. Becoming Christians, we are set apart from the world. In setting ourselves apart in, in holiness and righteousness, we are setting ourselves apart from the world, but it is important that we maintain our separation from the world so as not to be distracted from our goal. Colossians 3 verses 2 and 4, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him and glory. Set your mind on things above. Set your goal on heaven above. Not on things of the world because these things will perish. These things will be gone. But keep your mind set on the goal. 
trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 8. Maintain your focus on the things of God. Philippians 4 verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Be transformed by God. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Trust in the Lord. Maintain your focus on the things of God. Be transformed by God. We can't overcome our doubts and fears but it takes faith and faithfulness. It means not relying on ourselves, but relying on God instead. Sometimes that is difficult. But trust in Him to guide you, to direct you. Don't let doubt and fear rule your life. If you're not a Christian, if you need to obey the gospel, then we'd be glad to help you in that need. If you need to come and, in obedience and baptize for the remission of your sins. If you need to come in repentance, asking for prayer, for help, you know that you can't do it on your own. We'd be glad to help you. But if you have any need whatsoever, we give you the opportunity to respond to the Lord's invitation. As together we stand and as we sing.